welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 331. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Prodigy's first season episodes, Masquerade and Preludes. Here we go. Masquerade, Season 1, Episode 15. Original release date, November 24th, 2022. Directed by Sung Shin. Written by Nikhil S. Jayaram. Guest cast include Billy Campbell as Thaddeus Okona, Ronnie Cox as Admiral Jellico, David Diggs as Commander Tysis, Amy Hill as Dr. Jago, and Jamila Jamil as Asensia. The protostar stops for repairs at a starport, where a geneticist, Dr. Jango, informs Dell that he is a human augment with 26 other species. She gives Dell an implant to unlock his dormant abilities. On the Dauntless, Ensign Asensia reveals to the Diviner that she is the Vindicator, a member of his species. You've seen someone like him? Never. But his origins are obvious. Whoa, whoa. You know where I came from? Not where, but who. Ow! Hair for DNA. I suspected. You're the handiwork of the protégés of Dr. Eric Sung, a geneticist who defected from the Federation. Wait a minute. Are you telling them Dal was made in a lab? I need to quit using abbreviations in my notes. I keep, I'm reading my notes and wondering why the Romulans secretly infiltrated New Zealand. <laughs> Steve, why don't you get us going on? Masquerade. Obviously, the highlight of this episode is Jellico coming back. They really needed that. It reminded me of how much I hated him back in Next Gen. So, of course, this is this episode where we learn of uh, Dal's origins. Like, what what is he, more or less? And we don't know exactly why or what, but he's certainly he's a human. He's an augment. So we get the Soong reference, which is, which is fun. Because in the universe of Star Trek, the only people ever messing with DNA... Oh, the is somebody in the Soong family, right. right? There's yeah. nobody else that would ever do that. Okay. Call it called the genetic genetic dynasty. <laughs> yeah, they have a monopoly on the genes and such. So, uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of the episode is uh, focused on on Dal and his uh, un- goes forward with this process and unlocks his ability, special abilities he has, enhancements, and and uh, as always, those kind of things kind of go south. They don't stick. I think back in DS9, Bashir was the only thing that ever really you got enhancements and they it was something positive came out of it, or at least not negative, where they say, oh, we've got to turn these off. Um, and then we, of course, get a little more insight at the tail end with uh, what's going on with this uh, Ascensia on the ship and uh, start getting some clues, which lead into the next episode where it really opens it wide open, you know, wide open in terms of learning what's going on here. But I think we also had a good uh, Janeway hair joke early on. Uh, that's fun. And uh, anyway, it's uh, at least it's we're, we're starting to get some answers in the episodes we're going to cover today. Overall, I thought this was uh, interesting. We certainly, but it's a little bit formulaic. The kind of notion of um, let's, uh, if you're not happy with who you are, usually trying to change that turns it turns bad. So let's not gloss over Ronnie Cox's return. I remember they they talked about that before this 
second half of the season aired. And it's not just that he's back in a, in a scene. It's that he's back being his usual loving self. So <laughs> yeah. Character, yeah. Right. It, and he's talking to freaking Janeway. Like the way that connects, you know, next gen and, and Voyager is, is such a simple, fun thing. And, and it's great. And this is a perfect example of, I do not understand like a Star Trek fan that doesn't watch this show or wouldn't watch this show. I, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. freaking got Ronnie Cox to come back as Jellicoe. You're not going to watch the show. Really? I don't get it. Even those people, maybe I guess there's people that just don't like animation or something, but uh, what? I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's awesome that they got him to come back. You know, he's an old dude. He's not, he's basically retired, I think, you know, but he can do a voice over. Sure. And he's great. It's a fun scene. So I thought it was great. All right, Adam, your first thoughts. They should have had an outtake. Like how many lights do you see Janeway? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this episode too. Yeah. You get some reveals with, um, with Dal. I mean, this has been kind of the ongoing, um, mystery with him i mean who is he where is he from what species are and so we've been getting nuggets here and there throughout these um throughout this first season so it was cool to see um steve's absolutely right it's like you you know they are trying to say something with this is like you can't be better than what you already are even with even with enhancements and this is kind of this is an old science fiction story and it's been told many times and star trek as well so you know he gets these augments because he's feeling um he's feeling really feeling insecure about what okana being you know the more liked person on the ship the more knowledgeable guy everybody you know that's how the show starts off you know they're all going to him he's solving a lot of the problems on the ship and so you know dow you know as probably anybody would is feeling insecure about his position and um lo and behold he gets this opportunity to do to do the enhancements and in the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a badass and he's kicking Romulan ass and having a, you know, and then you see the, um, you know, the effects um, continue. He becomes aggressive and then all the different species, characteristical species, um, traits come out, the Vulcan ears, um, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's, and it's like we said before, this series is, you know, it's designed for younger people. So a lot of these things are more on the nose than, say, other Star Trek series where it's a little bit more nuanced and you have to think about it, but it makes sense in this kind of series that it would just kind of upfront. And this is what we're trying to say. You can't, you can't make yourself better, better through, um, you know, outside forces, I guess is what I would say. And the, the diviner stuff is cool. You know, we just get, we just get kind of little tiny bit nuggets here and there of what's going on with the diviner. And obviously in this episode, we find out there's a, you know, there's another, member of this species, the Vindicator. So that, that was kind of a cool reveal. I didn't quite expect that, but yeah, it was, it was cool. All right. I, I always have to remind myself, you've never, this is your first time seeing these episodes. Right. That species is going to run out of names for people if they have <laughs> to be Diviner or Vindicator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did seem like when we when Dal first shows up after having the genes activated or whatever, he's talking to Kona, he's like, us go back ship. And I thought the doctor had just activated his latent a-hole genes. <laughs> <laughs> you abbreviated that in your notes, right? A-hole. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty lengthy, actually. It's like 
combat sequence on those space elevators. I like the way it kind of starts off. And I, it did one of the things that made me think about it. I There's not a lot to the design in this particular episode, but just overall, like it, it's, it's better than when the show started. It, I don't know. It's oddly like, mm -hmm. like it felt generic-ish a bit in the first season. And I think you could probably make that argument here, but this actually felt like a city or something that people live in somehow. Maybe it's just that extra establishing shot with a little bit more detail. I don't know. You know, they don't really go do much in the city. They just go straight to the uh, Genesis doctor. And then there's that, you know, the sequence where um, uh, Dal kind of temporarily defeats the Romulans. So we don't, there isn't much in the actual city, but it did feel like a real city in a way that maybe I didn't feel in some of the first season stuff, just from, I don't know, a design point of view or something. Yeah, they, they just go get their goods and they find all the parts they need in there. Well, we don't even see all that stuff, but we, right. I mean, we see, I'm pretty sure those are supposed to be the parts or something that Akona has in his backpack that he runs off. <laughs> so they don't really explain how they end up fixing stuff later since he'd never brought those parts back to them or something, but. Or how they paid for them. Yeah. And another thing too, you know, Akona, I remember thinking that maybe, you know, in next gen outrageous Akona episode, Maybe he was an interesting guy or something. I don't know. Like, I would have liked to have seen him again. And now we've seen him and he's just pointless. Like, I don't, I, he's just a con dude, basically, and not very interesting and a coward a bit. And it's a surprising choice, I guess. Like, if I, we heard he was coming, the character was coming back. I thought they would do something different with him than they did. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's odd. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a complaint. Um, it just seems like, if you're going to bring back a character like that, I don't know. As opposed to, say, bringing back Ronnie Cox, which he's only in one scene, but he's super effective. And you remember that scene. And he's his usual... Myself. Combative self. And there are people that thought he was awesome and should have taken over the Enterprise from Picard. You know, And for those people, they I'm sure feel the same way here. Like, oh, he's totally right. If you're one of those people, then I'm sure you felt that way. But even if you're not one of those people, you can enjoy his you know, counter-argument. And in a way, it makes more sense that he's an admiral now than the way he used to be as a captain. He can be this way and be an effective admiral, at least based on, you know, other admirals that we have tend to see in Starfleet. I didn't necessarily think the bit where Janeway launches those torpedoes and then has to, like, you know, abort that at the last second, that wasn't, that wasn't terribly effective. It was fine. But I did like some of that the Romulan combat stuff, uh, both on the surface as well as the uh, space elevators. They sure seem like they want to do something with Murph. Yeah. Murph can kind of fix any problem, sort of. The evolving creature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did I did laugh out loud with the diviner karate chop on Janeway. <laughs> Karate chop. <laughs> uh, that's not this episode, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Jumbled notes. Uh, for this episode, what is this episode about? Um, I think Steve and I got into it um, a little bit before. It's you know, our imperfections it, make us who we are. Wasn't that Rock's yeah. line? Yeah. Pretty I much. Think. It's pretty much yeah on the nose. But you know, it's, you know, we all get insecure. We're all insecure about our place in life, or we all feel insecure about anything about how people might feel about us or how they perceive us, those sorts of things. And, you know, I think all, you know, it's a 
it's a it's a natural human feeling to wish that oh if i could just change this about myself i would be better and people would accept me more and like me more so it's a it's a good message and you know obviously towards the end of the episode you know the crew kind of all embrace him and like you know we we accept you for who you are and so that's a it's a good um wholesome message yeah i agree it's pretty clear that's what they're focusing on on the nose but probably effective especially for the target audience cool so do we like this episode yeah 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 well it's our yeah Let's do Six Degrees for Masquerade. Uh, Steve, this will be an easy one for you. Ronnie Cox returns as now Admiral Jellico. We last saw Jellico in what episode of Next Gen? Oh, yeah. Um, yep, 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 yep. I'm going to recall the well, I thought circumstances. It Sorry about that. Put you on the spot by saying it'll be easy for mm. you. No, he's usually good at episode questions. I'm trying to rack my brain what it is. There are how many lights? Yeah, yeah, it's that um, can somebody get that fish bowl out of the, the ready room? <laughs> the fish out of the ready room? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm blank on the title. Well, you have to think about the hierarchy, really, of the people in charge. It's just not coming to me. Yeah. Adam? I don't know what it is. Chain of Command, part two. Oh, yeah. That was my little my hierarchy of the people in charge. Uh-huh. That was my... No points there. Moving on. Prelude Season 1, Episode 16, original release date, December 1st, 2022. Directed by Steve Ahn and Sung Shin, written by Julie and Shauna Benson, Kevin and Dan Hageman, Nikhil S. Jairam, Deandra Pendleton-Thompson, Chad Quant, Lisa Schultz-Boyd, and Aaron J. Watke. Guest cast include Robert Beltron as Captain Chakotay, Brooke Chalmers as Maximilian, W. Diggs as Commander Tysus, Zira Fazgal as Boxy, and Jamila Jamil as Asensia. As the crew of the Protostar repair the protodrive, each of them recounts how they got to Tars Lamar. Roke used to play a monster in a staged fight before she was sold. Zero was part of a Medusian exploration crew when they were captured by hunters. Jacob was awakened early from a cryosleep on a Telluride sleep, leaving in an escape pod so enough oxygen would remain for the rest of the crew, and he was soon captured afterwards. I remember seeing the protostar arrive through the wormhole with my own eyes. They called it an accident, but we know it was fate. They had no idea how starved we were for retribution. Mayday! Mayday! We're lost somewhere in the Delta Quadrant. The protostar sustained heavy damage after passing through a temporal anomaly. We took them prisoner and weaponized their ship with our last surviving construct to be sent back in time to destroy Starfleet before they could ever make first contact. But on the eve of our launch, the Starfleet prisoners escaped. Unable to board or deactivate the weapon, they had one last resort. They sent the Protostar back into the time anomaly it came from without a crew to guide it. Without us. Adam, kick us off on Preludes. So here we go. The the crew, they're working on the Protostar. They're fixing they're fixing the ship where they, they got all the parts in the last episode. 
and they kind of start to reminisce. So this episode is kind of disconjointed to me because on the other on this other side of it, we have the diviner and we get a, we get a lot of backstory. What's going on with that. Um, we even see Jakota in this, the the protostar, <laughs> and honestly, to me, that was the more interesting part of the episode. Don't get me wrong; getting backstory on each of the characters was was interesting. How they got there, I just kind of felt like it was too much of the episode, and I found the other part of the episode more interesting. If that makes sense. I wonder if it was uh, not so much that it was quantity or percentage of the episode necessarily all that much more than somebody else's story. But it's so dense. There's so much like complicated story stuff that he's telling very quickly about that, you know, the diviner's species future history. And we've been waiting for that information for so long that it feels like a lot. It feels like they've been like teasing it the tiniest bit for a year and a half, and then all of a sudden, wham, all this information really, really, really fast. It's it's just, it's that's what's a little bit odd about it. And it, it kind of oddly weights the episode. But I think if you just timed it out, it probably isn't that much more than, you know, Jank and Pog's story or even... Well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that they, each of the stories, like the A story and the B story, they don't interconnect to me. So it's almost like we have two separate episodes going well, they're on all flashbacks in their history or i yeah, suppose a flash I mean, forward if you take time travel into account but yeah i guess you could say that um but yeah it just felt disconjointed to me so obviously you know we get pog's story you know jacob's story he's you know he wakes up early and he has to fix all the ship it just wasn't really that interesting to me i guess and like i said this is demographic is for younger kids so this kind of storytelling might be simpler for them in this case i just kind of found it um too simple they're they're all backstories steve your first thoughts so you know i kind of like this episode i think it's because it's so unusual you know it's it's i i'm trying to think back on an episode of star trek that does this kind of thing in quite this way i mean it's 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 like it's a portmanteau kind of thing it's basically let's tell all these little stories and in a way, the the lines the, the the parallels are, of course, that they're they're we're like essentially it's like it's like we're connected to some thing to our head and we're downloading all this info to help us catch up to something that we've never caught. It's it's, it's kind of a weird deal because at the beginning of the episode you're in one place and at the end you're somewhere else. Like all of a sudden there's all this info that you it's like you all of a sudden watch ten episodes of something that you didn't know before, given the amount of information they're 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 feeding us you know which which is really amazing considering like five minutes of screen time actually advances right yeah yeah and so in that sense i think it's kind of impressive how they pace it i agree especially the part with the diviner in that history it's like you're just like uh looking at a to b to b to c you're trying to you know having to keep up with it let alone if you're seven years old or something anyway but um i i I think i overall i kind of like what they're doing because it's kind of like we're gonna do a flashbacky episode, but it's not like just a reminiscing of a past for one little bit. It's like, no, we're going to like feed you four different things here and it's going to help you catch up and, and understand where these characters are now. And I don't think we've quite seen it that done in that way before. And I, that's what I thought was, was kind of interesting. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it's kind of like, okay, it's, it's like the, it's like the episode where, 
and here's what you've been waiting for, you know, in, in a sense, uh, as far as getting all that history. Maybe it's a little too fast. Maybe it's a little much, but at least they 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 did this thing. It's like we're going to do this episode and do all these things at once, you know. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of this episode a lot. And you're right that it's it's oddly surprisingly unique. Like, why have another? <laughs> like, you want to know Janeway's history? You got to read what's your, Jerry Taylor's book or something. You know, it's like they never ever did anything like this. And the other thing I like about it is that if they were ever going to do this on another show, you imagine, I don't know, it would have only been uh, Picard, or maybe they'd give you a little history right. of, we got the history of Data, right? But we never saw Troy growing up or something. I don't know. They, it's like th this episode, it kind of gives equal, like every character is really worthwhile on this show and deserving of, you know, we didn't get Gwen because we already know her history or Dal because he doesn't know his own story to tell, right? It's, but we, we get kind of everybody. And I, I like the story, especially like um, Jankum Pog's story. It's, it's pretty sweet, actually. We learn a lot about it. We learn how, why he refers to himself in third person. And we learn this great sacrifice that he made that he's, obviously, it's not his instinct to talk about himself in some, you know, way, in a way like that. But that was that was a sweet story. It was, it was sad. There's like, it cuts to that wide shot, you know, where you see him and he sees all the other pods, you know, and then his next line is, well, what if there were only 29, you know, I think it's pretty effective and it tells a lot of story in a very short amount of time. And, oh, and, and of course it shows how he realized that he was, you know, an engineer and he, he says at first he wake up a real engineer and then he just becomes one. It's, it, it's, it's, it's nice. It's really a smart storytelling you could almost tell uh, and same thing like with the rock story you can imagine these stories being told entirely visually even you almost don't even need audio or you know you don't need dialogue i guess it's i, I think it's pretty pretty effective and pretty smart i do as i mentioned earlier i think the weight of the diviner's story is makes it feel a little oddly balanced like that that story is so complicated and complex and necessary to following the story of the show and to understanding everybody's motivations in a way that some of these other flashbacks aren't so it, it i think it detracts from those from every other scene of the episode which is unfortunate and maybe they could have gotten around that by giving us a little bit more of this before now, mm -hmm. you know, because right. we really, we just had that, what was at the end of the first half of the first season? There was that bit, the first time we got any information when the Diviner tells Gwen a little bit, but that was nothing compared to this. I mean, this is everything. This is it. This is everything. The only thing not told here is what really happened to Chakotay after that moment, you know, otherwise it's all there. And I know my seven-year-old daughter got, after we got past that part and they went back to the, our crew on the ship, she's like, finally, back to these guys. You know, she <laughs> had no interest in the... Uh, I think it was just too much yeah. really, for a kid. Yeah. It's, they're not going to follow it. It's just too dense. And again, maybe if you'd broken that up a little bit so that you didn't have to do it all like this. You know, but overall, I think it's a cool idea. And, and remember, the name of the episode is interesting too. It's, it's, it's not flashbacks, it's preludes. This is kind of our last little break here before we push through to the end of the season. We're going to get to that basically chase, right, where they're trying to catch up to the protostar and 
that's all coming in the in the last four episodes, and this is kind of our last breath before that all starts to happen. So, I, I think it's it's it, it maybe doesn't work out. This episode maybe doesn't work out quite as well as they like, but I think it's good, and I think it's a great idea and a great time to do it. And it sounds like maybe Steve and I enjoyed it a little more than uh, than Adam did. Yeah, it was just too much. I I would prefer it to be spread out. It kind of felt like a we got to dump all this stuff in here so people know what's going on. I mean, I guess if I was being picky, I I could say that I wish the Medusans story was a little more interesting, just because they really the Medusan has the uh, opportunity to be the most interesting and unique of everything, just the way their culture is and stuff. And we didn't really get any of that at all. Right, right. I mean, you know, where we and like I said, it's this is this is how it's designed for the audience. I think if this was like a you know you would get an individual character episode for each of these guys, that would kind of explore that more. Um, and so that's why I just, it's, it's too much. And like I said, it was disconjointed between that and the diviner story. I found, I was more interested than in that than, you know, getting, um, you know, some flashbacks from, you know, how they got to Tars Lamar. It's, it's not that they weren't good stories. It's just, I, it's just disconjointed. That's what I said beginning. Well, maybe, maybe from Steve and I, it smoothed out a little more since it was our second viewing. I don't know. Put it this way, I felt like because I didn't care that much about the cruise backstories. This is like get me back to the other stuff. I'm uh, sorry. Well, it is it is an imbalance in the sense that you know you have our crew, which we relate to more, but the weight of the history of what the diviners telling for the for the show as a whole is so, such a big thing. It's it's a little bit of a apples oranges kind of thing that's that's the one that's the one problem with it all you know is mixing those together i think yeah i mean i totally see how somebody pitches this idea of everybody's gonna do these flashbacks including the diviner and i'm like oh that sounds like a great episode and And like i said i understand why they did this but i prefer like you know backstories or development of a character to kind of come out natural this you know obviously we've gotten gwen and dal's story more and those and now there's their backstories push the story forward and i just didn't really feel like the other characters backstories pushed their characters for any more forward nor did it push the story any more forward we just got some information about where they came from but i don't think it caused them to grow or push the overall story forward or in dal's case he found out that um genetically engineered and this is something that he's dealing had to deal with in the last episode and then going forward He's going to have to deal with it. I will say, this was the first episode of uh, Season 1, Part 2 that I got to watch on Blu-ray instead of streaming from Apple iTunes. And as I suspected, the picture is a little bit better on the Blu-ray. But oh boy, the sound is just... It's it's night and day. On on Apple iTunes, on Apple TV, it's two channels, really compressed. And on Blu-ray, it's 5.1 uncompressed. And the bass literally shook my chair i mean it's just it's night and day the sound is so much better on the blu-ray and the picture is noticeably better on the blu-ray but it's not as massive of a jump as the audio is actually also overall i would say even no matter how whether you're watching it on itunes or a blu-ray whatever but overall i would say season one part two you know episodes 11 through 20 look better than the first 10 episodes. I, I didn't think the rendering, like maybe there's more detail or something, but it, I remember consistently feeling in the first 10 episodes, like it looked like an up conversion or something. It just, it always looked a little soft mm-hmm. and episodes 11 through 20, I don't necessarily feel that way. And I definitely like this episode, I made a note of how, how 
good and detailed everything looked. It never looked like it was about to break apart the image and stuff. So, I mean, it still doesn't look like, you know, it still doesn't look like Bad Batch or something, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not spending the kind of money and time that, you know, Star Wars gets, but it looks better. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I think I've seen that, broadly speaking, in animation, those kind of subtle things over the course of episodes and seasons where they just find new and better ways to do things. And so it may not be a revolution episode to episode, but then you'll pick that up watching, you know, latter part of a series versus the earlier part, you know. Did you watch your blues, Steve? Did you get the blues? I, I have not yet. No, I haven't, I'm still, I haven't got, I'm waiting on that still. So, but I will definitely do the comparison. I hear what you're saying, though. Just from my experience of watching the first half of the first season on Blu-ray, then going to this, yeah, the sound is the biggest thing that's kind of a letdown. <laughs> watching it through other channels, yeah. So, yeah, uh, what is this episode about? Coming together through um, shared pasts, sacrifice. I mean, you know, if you look at all the characters, I mean, you know they sacrifice to get to where they are in some shape or form, even the diviner. So they all have to share that in common. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, while everyone's story is different, I mean, our, our past brought us to where we are now, you know? So it's kind of like they, they kind of unload this all on us, you know, all these different stories that lead up to where we are, but everyone's, everyone's motivations and, you know, based on their histories are what, drive us to the point narratively where we are in some way, shape, or form. So that's that's kind of what, what they all have in common. All right, Adam, I've got another episode title for you in Yay. today's Six Degrees question. Uh, and I think this one is far more difficult than Steve's. Watch, I'll probably know it right off the bat where Steve can answer <laughs> before. But I'm not going to hold my breath. So uh, Zero tells her story. By the way, I I still I'm still referring to zero with a feminine pronoun. I haven't I don't they never do on the show, right? They they don't ever give I don't recall zero a gendered pronoun. I, guess both, I wouldn't think they'd have genders, but I guess cuz I, I mean maybe not. I don't know why I always do. I mean I know it's a, a male doing the voice, but I don't know, she just seems like a she, but she's a little mothery. If they ever kind of got some nurturing Put it one way, yeah. You know, if they ever give us the gender, I'm happy to change what I'm saying. Is I guess, but for now, she she will be. Okay, so Zero tells her story. We see Kazon's wearing the same glasses that Spock wore on the original series episode that first revealed the Medusans. Name that episode. I have no clue. I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. I feel like it's, it's, it's... one of the two with uh, oh Pulaski. What's her name? Yeah, yeah. Um. Is there in truth no beauty? There you go. Yay! I don't know if you get the point because I gave you no, two. Yeah, I knew it was long. That's what was kind of like. Yeah. It's one of those phrased ones, you know. But I can, yeah. I'll give you the point. It's not who wins. Did we have fun playing? Oh, of course. We always have fun <laughs> playing. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, we got the last of the very short tricks. Um. Well, I guess I should first. No, and we're done. Yeah, we got the last of the very short treks this past week. Oh, uh, I don't even remember which one that was. But I think overall, the, the very first one, Skin a Cat, was the funniest for me. And I, I really liked the holograms all the way down. That was a blast. Oh, right. The last one, the one the one we just got was the one 
the animation one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the different animation stuff. Um, and it even had a, did you see that? Uh, okay. Minor spoiler, skip ahead 10 seconds or 30 in case we talk about it. Prodigy. Yep. Yep. This thing I noticed that. Said, no longer magically we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Star Trek animation. And here's the entire history, Star Trek, uh, the animated series and Lord X. That's it. They, like they ignored the project even existed. Right. But sure. There it was. Mm-hmm, Zero mm-hmm. was there. True. Awesome. Okay. We're not going to talk about it anymore. So if you skip the head 30 seconds, you're good now. <laughs> you're good now. As of here, we're done. Okay. So those were great. Those were really fun. It was kind of neat that they had pre-announced these are non-canonical. These are non-canon, you know, that gave them the freedom to do whatever they wanted. And I'm totally fine with that in these little two minute shorts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It was fun. I liked them. Did you watch them all, Adam? I haven't seen them yet. They're two minutes, literally two minutes long. They're so short. And what are there? I think four of them, five of them, four or five, something like that. Yeah. yeah you should check them out. They're, they're on YouTube. They're on YouTube. You don't have to, they're not on Paramount. Yeah. No, they put them on They're literally they didn't put them on Paramount. It would have made it easier for me to watch. I had to like airplay my YouTube from my phone to my Apple TV to watch them on the TV. I don't, I'm not going to watch something on my phone. Well, <laughs> I say that, but then I watch stuff on my phone during lunch sometimes. Anyway, yeah, they're it's on YouTube. It's like a viewing you can watch on your phone, right? Yeah, they're all, on your, they're all on YouTube. So check them out. They're great. And they're free, and they're great. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for spending half an hour with us. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Star Trek Prodigy. Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at Trek Companion. Until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.